Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage. Featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the World Footprints Radio Book Club. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. It is October 1850, and everyone is racing to California to discover their riches in gold, including 16-year-old Sam Nelson. Sam sneaks away at night and boards a sailing ship bound for California in hopes of striking it rich. Sam faces danger, loneliness, and more adventures than he ever imagined. Where does Sam's voyage take him? That is a question we'll have answered with today's book club reading, Samuel Sales Round the Horn. We're joined by today's author, Lynn Glaze. Lynn, thank you so much for joining World Footprints Radio Book Club. Uh, thank you. So, Samuel Sales Around the Horn is based on true events, the, the California Gold Rush. Was Samuel's character also based on a real person? Yes, he is based on my great great grandfather who went from Massachusetts to uh, California in 1850. Actually, yes, it was in 1850. Mm-hmm. And did your great grandfather strike it rich? No. He was a farmer when he left, and he was a farmer in California, but he never came back. I'm sure you had a lot of great stories, family stories, though, about his uh, his adventures. Mm-hmm, we did. Uh, actually, he was a man when he went. So this book is, I made him a, a younger because I wanted it to appeal to younger readers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I was reading the book, there, there were times when I got a little bit nervous for Sam. Um, you know, some of the adventures he, he experienced. Were you ever concerned that maybe some of his misadventures might scare young readers? No, I don't think so, because this book is set for people in the fourth to sixth grade, and I don't think that that would scare them. I really don't. Uh, They're used to so much TV and books and other books. You're a former um, school teacher, Lynn. How much of your your educational experience really um, played into the writing of this book? Well, I tried to make it as interesting as possible for the age group that I mentioned and also to not dumb it down and uh, just to try to... uh, It's different than what is published nowadays uh, because it is based on a true story and therefore there is no fantasy. There is no... No wizards. (laughs) No wizards, no zombies. It's just what could... what could actually happen? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to ask you to read a, a passage from your book. Please uh, give us a little insight about this reading. All right. This is the very beginning of the book, and uh, it tells exactly how Sam got going on this story. Samuel heard his name as he hurried along the waterfront. He turned when he heard it again. Sam, Sam. He looked around, but he saw no one he knew. Sweat broke out on his face, even though the dry leaves from the bare trees swirled around his ankles in the cold wind. No one knows I'm here. He must be calling someone else, Sam thought. My father couldn't have figured out where I went so quickly. He hunched his shoulders and pulled his heavy jacket tightly around his chest. He blew on his hands. I wish I'd worn my gloves. 
Sam silently lamented, it's cold. i better find that ship fast. I have to be on it today. Sam was looking for a square-rigged bark named the Calio. He had secretly left his home in the middle of the previous night because he wanted to go to California and seek his fortune. He had asked his father permission to leave. No, his father had roared, you will stay here on the farm and work with your brother and me. You will not leave home. But Sam did not want to be a farmer. His father and his grandfather had been farmers all their lives, but Sam wanted to get away from New Hampshire. It was October 1850, and talk of the discovery of gold in California was everywhere. Yesterday, he had decided to leave without permission. He sneaked out while his parents were asleep. He knew that his mother would weep and his father would be angry, but he he didn't think they would come after him. Hmm. You're listening to the to a special children's book edition of the World Footprints Radio Book Club. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick, and I'm joined by author Lynn Glaze, who just read a passage from her new book, Samuel Sales, Round the Horn. Lynn, what was your mission and purpose for writing this book? Was there a message that you wanted to relay, or did you write it strictly for entertainment value? Well, actually for both, because I really want... Uh, young people to read things that are true or almost, or could be true instead of spending all their time thinking about things that are impossible and not useful in today's world. And also, I was uh, entertained because I had the, um, the uh, memoirs from my great-great-grandfather, and so I thought, this is interesting. It'll make a good book. Mm-hmm. We've been talking to author Lynn Glaze about her new book, Samuel Sales Around the Horn. And speaking of young readers, we're joined by two young listener reviewers, um, my co-hosts for the day, who have enjoyed reading this book and have some questions and comments for Lynn. I'm right. pleased to introduce Zamika Peterson, a 15-year-old student from Lansing, Michigan, and Jedediah Bonner, a 9-year-old student from Silver Spring, Maryland. Ah. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Hi. 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 <laughs> so, Zamika, we'll start with you. Um, what is, Do you have a question or a comment for Ms. Glaze? Um, yeah. Did you face any challenges when you were writing the book? Yeah, there are always challenges with writing a book because you want to get in as much information in a pleasant way, interesting way, but it is uh, you, you don't want to do too much. And then when you get to the end, well, of course, when you're on a voyage, you know there's an end. Some books, we might have more difficulty figuring out how to end it, but this one, of course, they finally got to San Francisco, and uh, that was the end. Zamika, what, what was your favorite part of the book? Did you have one? Um, I liked how he um he made his decision where he finally decided that he was just going to go and do what he wanted to do, even though he uh he really didn't you know think that his parents were going to miss him. Ah, that that's an interesting um, comment, uh, Lynn. Did you did you intend on on that message, I mean, the Sam, you know, is an adventurous spirit. Um, he ran away from home, uh, you know, in uh, defiance of uh, his father's 
wishes. And part of the reason why is that he didn't feel that he'd be missed. Mm-hmm. Well, he was missed because as you get to the end of the first chapter, you find out that his father figured out that he had left and they figured out where he'd gone. So, But they got there too late. Mm-hmm. He was already on the ship and the ship was leaving. Jedediah, I'll bring you in right now. What is your comment and question for Miss Glaze? Well, my question is, is Joey ever going to go to go see Sam? No, I think that the more likely a sequel would be the uh, Ben and uh, uh, Sam's adventures in California. Uh, how did it work out when they got went to look for gold, and what happened to them after that? No, Joe would not have gone. He was a more docile person, and of course, as we see in the book, it's a very long, hard trip. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite part of the book, Jedediah? Yes, Sam. What was that? <laughs> My favorite part was when um when. Ben fell overboard, and um, Sam was calling for help, but nobody heard him, so Sam was helping Ben. Well, I'm glad you liked that. That was exciting because, uh, as you can see on the beginning of the book, the picture Sam almost fell over himself while trying to get water the first day that he was on the ship. So he was very leery about all this, and but he managed to... Uh, call attention to the crew, and they were able to rescue uh, Ben. And I mean, and then of course there's another fellow that falls off of the yardarm later, but that's the, the water is too cold and it's too late for him. So, mm-hmm. so Sam, Sam became the hero. Now, were were those events, Lynn? Part of your great grandfather's, um, or included in your great grandfather's memoirs, or uh, were those stories that you created for this book? They're stories that I created for the book. Okay. Okay. Jedediah, do you have another question? Yes, ma'am. Did Sam ever become famous? Oh, no, no. No, 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 he did not. Uh, He was just an ordinary boy who grew up on this trip and then became. Uh, an ordinary man, and as I said, he never found any uh, gold. Of course, I could change that if I write a sequel, uh, but he uh, lived all the rest of his life in California and never went home back to the East Coast. There's a second part that I make in a book. Is um the captain and Mary B with, with um his friend Red and others went um my favorite part was because. He knew how to survive by killing the whale, but he thought the whale was coming for a ship, right? Mm-hmm. I'm glad that that was just one of your favorite parts, yeah. I, I'm curious. Did you, uh, Zamika and, and Jedediah, did you two know very much about the California Gold Rush before reading this book? I did not. I didn't. Oh, I don't know that it's even taught anymore. Of course, I grew up in California, so... I knew quite a bit about it, but uh, it is probably not considered important anymore. That's surprising to me because, uh, I mean, I grew up, and maybe I'm dating myself, but 
um, I grew up knowing all about the California gold rush. I mean, it's, you know, it was a major part of our American history, and uh, and it's disappointing to think and know that it's not taught in our schools any longer. Yes, it is very disappointing. I think history is neglected, and that's one reason that I wrote this book, because I thought that if, uh, when I was teaching Fifth grade was a point where you had a real learned a lot about American history, and that this would, book would go along very nicely with that to give a more personal uh, take to it. You're listening to the World Footprints Radio Book Club, and we're talking with author Lynn Glaze about her new book, Samuel Sales Round the Horn. We're also joined by. My two young co-hosts and listener reviewers, Zamika Peterson and Jedediah Bonner. When I wanted to ask you, you know, as a former school teacher, um, the the main character in your book dropped out of school for an adventure um, and to seek reaches. Have you had any reaction from some young readers or even parents of young readers? who may be concerned that, oh, my child, you know, may leave school to go out on an adventure. No, I have not had any reaction to that. And, of course, an adventure like this that was almost 200 years ago is not possible anymore. Right. There would be Amber Alerts today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You did an incredible amount of research for this fictional story. What uh, facts were you trying to focus on and why? I read a lot of books at the California uh, Maritime Library uh, about people who had sailed around the Horn and on sailing ships in approximately this age. And I just wanted to get a feeling for what it was really like because I think that's important to be accurate and to uh, to give a real feeling rather than a, a make-believe feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to circle back a little bit. We talked about the um, lack of teaching in our schools today about the California gold rush. Uh, you You've done a ton of research on it. You've written this book. You're a former school teacher. And so I want to ask um, my young co-host if they have any questions for you about the California um, gold rush. Jedediah, we'll start with you. Do you have a question you'd like to, to ask, Ms. Glaze, about the California gold rush? Okay. What motivated you to write the book? What motivated me, as I said, uh, I wanted you and other people like you to know more about history and California history and the fact that the gold rush uh, really brought an amazing number of people to uh, California. Uh, the, the gold rush just, I mean, before that there weren't very many people. There was uh, Spanish territory, and after the gold rush, it became a state in 1850, uh, shortly after 1850, and so uh, it was really uh, amazing a migration from the East Coast, the Middle West, to uh, California. Lynn, how how long did the California Gold Rush uh, last? What was the period 
of it was the gold from rush. 18, well, they discovered it was 1848, and then, of course, it took a long time for the news to get very far. They didn't have all the wonderful opportunities to find out everything today. And so then the people like Sam, I mean, they, they heard about it, and they thought, well, you know, this is really interesting what we're going to do about it, but it takes a while to get going on it. And so it lasted, um, well, it lasted, uh, I don't know how really how long, because it depended on whether you find any gold or whether you, you but I would say the majority of people got their 1850, 1851. Mm-hmm. Are there any uh, famous people, or who are some of the famous people who actually struck it rich during the gold rush um, that you know about? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I'm not really sure that there were anybody who really struck it rich. I mean, you go and you'd be able to find a little bit of gold here and a little bit of gold there, but not many people really struck it rich. Mm-hmm. Zamika, do you have a question about the gold rush? I mean, I'm I'm surprised you've never heard of it before in your history classes. Is history still being taught? Yeah, well, I mean, they talk about different gold rushes. They just never mention the California one. Okay. Well, actually, this book is is primarily about getting to California, and so the information on the gold rush would be in another book, or if I, if I do one about Sam and Ben and what happens to them when they get to California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, another thing, um, Lynn, just going back to kind of our our school system, um, and I, I come from the educational um, uh, industry as well, um, but geography is uh, another challenging um, of course, you know, there's a lot of geographical illiteracy um, among our children. And so I want to ask you to talk a little bit about the horn. What is the horn? What, okay, I, I have been there, and uh, it's the uh, mountain, more or less of a mountain, at the end of uh, South America. And so at this point in time, with Sam is going, you have to sail all the way down the east coast of South America and go around the Horn and then sail up the west coast in order to get anywhere. California, there, there was no Panama Canal, and there it is very rough. It can be very rough. Uh the to go around as it is pointed out in this book, they had difficulty, especially with a sailing ship, because they had to have the wind that would push them the right way, and the tide was actually the tide goes one way and the wind goes the other, so it's very difficult with with a sailing ship, and even when we were there, you couldn't get to the Horn the first time we went right there because it was, uh, uh, the wind was too heavy. And this was in a, of course, a, a new ship. This was maybe 10 years ago. And so it was a, a, a regular ship, and you could not get anywhere near it. The tides are hard. It really is difficult. But you have to go around that or else you end up in Antarctica, and you don't want to be there. I, you know, I, I've not sailed that far. I've not been 
that far um, mm-hmm. south. And, uh, and so, you know, as you're talking, even under a powered ship, you had problems sailing around the Horn. So I can imagine what a, you know, a cutter back in mm-hmm. the 1850s would have struggled with at that time. Yeah, it's, uh, very well, I think as I mentioned in the book, the sailors said that the one time when they were doing it, the sun was shining and they were able to really see it, they never got off on it. There was no reason to get off on it. You know, and, uh, though when we were there, we did get off and we walked up this uh, rickety staircase and went off, and the wind was blowing furiously and walked to the end of it and there's a monument to all the sailors who lost their lives trying to get around the horn. Mm. I'm going to ask you, Lynn, what your favorite part of the book is, if if you have one. And I I know that you know, as a traveler myself, when somebody asks me what my favorite country is, it's like choosing a favorite child, which yeah. you, you can't. Um, but is there, as a writer, as a, the the mother of this book, is there a favorite part that uh, you enjoyed writing, and if so, why? Well, I enjoyed writing the part where they are off on uh, the Robinson Crusoe Island and they get lost. And then I thought, well, now what's going to happen? How are they going to get off? And then they meet up with the whaler, which gave them a very good idea of that they were better off on the Calio than on the American because it was just, you know, they really had a hard life. And then uh, I thought, well, okay. And then the the, the whaler is going to go to Hawaii, and uh, we don't want to go to Hawaii. What are we going to do now? So they dropped them off in the Galapagos Islands. And having been to the Galapagos Islands, it's still a long way to California from the Galapagos Islands. So mm-hmm. it was kind of great fun to figure out what are we going to do now? How are we going to get there? Did did some of your 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 own travels um, kind of help you with the creation of this book, with some of the chapters that you wrote, and, and you know particularly the destination uh, that you highlighted in your book? Yes, I, yes, of course. Because if you've been there, you have an idea of the geography, as we were mentioning. You have an idea of the weather. You have an idea of what it looks like, and so therefore, it's much easier to uh, create it. Okay, and make it accurate. Right, right. We we have a couple of more minutes, and I'm going to go back to my young co-host. And um, for any last questions, Jedediah, do you have any more questions for Miss Glaze? Well, I have something to say. I'll be very interested in the second book if you are writing one. I haven't written another one about this one, but I did write a book about... Uh, traveling across the country in a covered wagon uh, with more or less a girl book. It's called Seasons of the Trail, and it's available too. And uh, there's one place in in Samuel where he says, good heavens, maybe it would have been easier if I'd taken a, a, a wagon train than being on the ship. And actually, the trip across uh, the country was less less long, and probably somewhat more safe. <laughs> well, but then he'd have, you know, the uh, um, worry about, you know, uh, wars with uh, between, um, you know, with, within the Native uh, American community and all the, the weather hazards and, you know, 
So either way, I think it would have been a tough journey for Sam. It would have been a tough journey, yes. Well, of course, most of the people who were in wagon trains were families, so that was helpful. Right. Um, Mika, do you have uh, one last question for Ms. Glaze? Um, yeah, are you planning on writing any more books? I haven't gotten started on any more books lately, uh, but I, I, I'm thinking about it, but I haven't done anything lately. Can you uh, tell us just a little bit about the uh, the other book, Lynn, that, that you wrote? I just want to give a preview um, for okay. you know our listeners, the title and, and the uh, premise of this book. Uh, published, it was published, uh, oh gosh, 13 years ago, and it's, it's about uh, Lucy and her family. Lucy is 14, and the family has decided to go to California, and the, li- <clears throat> the mother and the children are not the tiniest bit interested, and it, uh, but dad is. So they start off and go from Illinois all the way to California, and they have a lot of adventures there, too. And uh, of course, there's a slight bit of love interest in that one. Of course, they couldn't have that very well on Sam because there weren't any girls. Right. <laughs> right. In, in what period does um, does your wagon train book take it's place in? It's going in 1860. Okay. Okay. And after the gold rush, so the, the wagon trip to California was not because of the, the gold rush. No, it was not. They just decided that the, that it would be a better place to to live and to farm. Mm-hmm. So, um, just as a as a final note, your um, your your teaching career, um, you taught what age group? The fifth fifth grade. I taught uh, kindergarten through fourth grade. Okay, and and what subjects did you teach? Well, in the California school system, it, it's everything. You know, writing, reading, math, uh, social studies, the whole nine yards. Okay. Wow. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for for sharing with us today. Samuel Sails Round the Horn is an adventurous tale about how a young boy made a life-altering decision and how that decision set him on an unexpected journey into manhood. If you want to learn more about Sam's journey, we have a link to Samuel Sales Round the Horn on our website at worldfootprints.com. While there, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. Look over our new discovery tours, including our upcoming trips to New Orleans and China, and follow us on your favorite social network. Thank you so much for joining us on this literary journey today, and uh, certainly like to extend another thank you to author Lynn, uh, Lynn Glaze and my young co-hosts, Zamika Peterson and Jedediah Bonner, for helping to foster an engaging conversation. And also a special thank you to the man behind the scenes, Mike co-host and husband, Ian Fitzpatrick. And uh, kids, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you, and thank you for, you know, fostering a really good conversation with Miss Glaze. Samika and Jedediah. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. It was fun for me, and I enjoyed talking with the young people, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and if you, uh, if any of our listeners would like to join World Footprints Book Club as a listener reviewer, please email us at bookclub at worldfootprints.com. Frederick Douglass once said, once you learn to read, you will be forever free. 
So join us next time as we experience a new world through a writer's pen on the next World Footprints Radio Book Club. Until we meet again, happy reading. This has been a presentation of World Footprints Media, all rights reserved. By adding Seneca Falls, New York to your travel plans, you're opening yourself up to a remarkable part of history. You may know that Seneca Falls is the birthplace of the U.S. women's rights movement in 1848. But did you know that the idea for Seneca Falls Conference started in London, England in 1840? Interested in finding out more? Visit Suffrage Wagon News Channel, suffragewagon.org. Discover a country rich in history, culture, and wonder in the throes of monumental change, China. World Footprints is pleased to announce our newest discovery tour, Footprints in China. From November 2nd to the 15th, we will take guests on a magical exploration that fuses history with the contemporary. Walk in the footsteps of emperors in the Forbidden City. Hike a spectacular section of the Great Wall. Experience architecture with a feng shui master. And stand face-to-face with thousands of terracotta soldiers with the leading archaeologists. Footprints in China was handcrafted by World Footprints to introduce you to the best that China has to offer. A portion of the proceeds from this tour will help support the efforts of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Visit worldfootprints.com or call 800-556-7896 for more information. Book before May 1st and save $250. Call 800-556-7896 today. Are you planning a vacation, a business trip, or a honeymoon abroad? Want to enhance your trip and make a meaningful contribution to the places you visit? Packforapurpose.org can show you how. Before you travel, visit packforapurpose.org. It's easy to make a big impact.